HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box, a hospitality platform that empowers restaurants through their own website. With Bento Box, you get every restaurant website feature you need and more, all in one place. Opening soon listeners get 50% off their new website setup fee at getbento.com slash opening soon. That's G-E-T-B-E-N-T-O dot com slash opening soon. This week on Meet and 3, we're exploring food for the eyes, how the art and culinary worlds collide. It's incredibly elaborate. It's a feast for the eyes, a banquet dinner with garnished ham, turkey, and an array of accompaniments. We shot uh, baguettes with like paint dripping off of them with the blue, white, and red from the French flag. Oh, what did the student tell me? They said, the camera eats first. And it's so true. It's so true. Tune in to Meet in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Opening a restaurant is like an amazing 90s movie montage where you laugh and cry and smile until your entire face hurts. That quote comes from Will Godara, founder of the Welcome Conference and co-founder of Make It Nice Restaurant Group. And this is opening soon on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Alex McCreary. And I am your host, Jenny Goodman. Welcome to season three of opening soon. This is episode 30 of all time. We're crushing it, rolling through it. Um, as we mentioned last week, this season we've mixed it up. Uh, we've mixed up the format a little bit, and we're interviewing chefs and restaurateurs as they actively open a restaurant. Real-time, hard-hitting lessons. We'll be chatting before and after a milestone moment to hear the preparation, and later, of course, get the skinny on how it all went down. So you have been dreaming of opening your own place for years. You have your business plan. Now you need a pile of money to get that place open. Where do you start? When can you start actually spending that money? And how many people do you need to pitch before you get to yes? And how many no's should you expect? So today's guest is Brandon Bird of of Square Bar, which is a forthcoming bar and naturally leavened pan pizza joint in Brooklyn. Brandon has worked in operations at places such as Two Boots and for Dinner Lab, and in culinary at several top restaurants, including Mama Fuko, Best Pizza, and, Len- and Lenoir in Austin, Texas. 
Square Bar will be Brandon's first solo venture as a restaurateur. And we originally chatted with Brandon on January 14th about his fundraising journey. So we're going to hear that now, and then we'll catch up live. Ah, I've been here before. (laughs) (laughs) You're a pizza guy. I hope so. Um, it's imperative in the pizza game. It's imperative in the pizza yeah. game. Absolutely. Oh, this is the this is the Brooklyn Mecca of yep. New World Pizza. Yeah. And nobody side side eyed you walking in with the, uh, the <laughs> Brandon the, brought us pizza to Roberta's, but it's okay. The host gave me a bit of a look, but uh, didn't yeah. seem offended at all when I said I was here for a podcast. I figure all the years of podcasting here, yeah. they've many seen some weird shit come through the door. Yeah. Pizza some... probably now the the least weird of them. They've yeah. seen some stuff. So you're on. You're you're at a almost at a tipping point. We hope. Yes, um, I've been fundraising for a couple months now, and things are progressing. Um, I am hosting an investor tasting this Saturday at my place. My wife and I are going to host it together. How and, many people are you having for dinner? Um, counting us, it will be seven people. Seven people. And I hope that this will be the uh, what puts me over the top and allows me to start spending money and. I've been looking at SpaceX actively, so I have a couple spaces that I would be ready to pull the trigger on if the opportunity arose. So, I- so take us back a little bit. You you said you have about fifty percent funding, just, just under, yes. Okay, and who who is that? Is that family, friends, All people from in the neighborhood where you're looking to build, or family, friends, um, ex colleagues, ex colleagues, friends of friends. Good. Um, Don't burn any bridges. No, I I (laughs) got married last year, so I had an amazing email list put together already with close contacts that I was able to, uh, you know, get a good start. And instead of a wedding gift, how about invest in my (laughs) restaurant? No, No. I didn't pass that out until after the wedding. So So if you're thinking about opening a restaurant, you should get married. (laughs) Very shortly before. It'll at least get you the seed money you need to um, get your attorney's pay, get your financial (laughs) uh, financials in order, things like that. Yeah. For sure. My wife was generous with that. That's so smart. So basically you went out to like your friends and family from yes. your wedding invite list and said, hey, I'm doing this. Anybody's interested. Yes. And that uh, got you halfway to your goal. It did. It did. Some of that was through friends of friends through that mm-hmm. list, but just starting there as, yeah, as a starting point did. And then you have, you know, in your business plan, you had you had a point where like, hey, I need to get to X amount in order to start spending money. So what what was that like number percentage for you? So two thirds of the total raise is is what I um, and it's not even in just in the plan. I included it in the operating agreement for the company. That way, I wouldn't tempt myself to start undercapitalized just because I had forty percent of it in the bank and I wanted to sign a lease because I had an attachment to a space already. I knew right. yeah. starting from an from an undercapitalized position would not be a good idea. So yeah, smart. That I mean, that's a really smart tip, and the fact that you put it into your you know operating agreement probably makes your investors feel more comfortable and confident in you. I would I, imagine. I, I hope so. I've seen too many businesses that, and I'm sure we all have that. That certainly with a little bit more runway, seems like they could have made it, or you're you're at least wondering why they didn't get a little bit further. Right. And I think a lot of it just comes from not being a, in a position to be able to sacrifice profit in the beginning to figure out what is right for the long term. Okay. Tell me the tell me how you personally feel differently taking money from family and friends versus an an investor which will, will probably be the other half of your raise, right? Absolutely. Um try not to t- attach personal feelings to it. I made sure that before I approached anyone, friends, family, um, that I was completely buttoned up from where I need it to be from a legal and operational standpoint. Um, so 
through advice of old colleagues, old bosses, I knew the place to start was with family and friends and direct yeah. contacts. But when you when you send them, you know, your when you send them your bundle of information and, and you're buttoned up already, you you will get some emotional investments, of course, from family and friends, but you also are taking accountability and setting starting things off on the right foot and showing that that the money is is going it's going to to responsible use immediately and you have a plan and yeah. and you're going to stick to the plan so i i, I kind of danced around the question it's uh, it's always tough no it can be stressful i mean <laughs> yeah absolutely you know, in that friends and family if there are people that may not necessarily have that money to lose sure. but are investing in you it, it adds a whole nother layer to it than 100 percent. i i feel confident that the people that i received investment from from are savvy enough and experienced enough to know what the risks are and sure. and um it's always a risk especially in in the restaurant business right and so you have this investor dinner lined up who who's coming how did you meet them you don't have to say specifically who sure. but like what types of people are coming how did how did you meet them and what's the plan well, I have one main point of contact that I actually uh, met several years ago. I want to say in 2016, um, a former coworker and a close friend of mine. We had intended to open a place together. Then um, we got as far as writing a business plan, and again, this was his direct contact. He already knew that um, this person was in the business of um, investing and putting a group together for a restaurant investment. So. Um, at the time we didn't go forward with that just for other reasons. It just didn't feel like the right time. It didn't feel like a, it it wasn't the right move, but, um, I was able to remain in contact with him. And as this plan progressed, um, I reached out to him again. And so he was interested in the project and, and he, um, started putting a group of people together. So, so one main contact is bringing in to this dinner. Is it five separate Potential investors, or is it investors and partners? Five separate potential investors. Oh, um, that's, yeah. that's that kind of run, that. running a group that with with him as well. That um, you know, this is kind of what they like to do together. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah. it was a, it's certainly an, a, an important contact to have once you get past the direct contact. Yeah, and we hear this a lot. It's like people like to invest in groups and with their friends. So like, if you know one person and they wrangle for you, like especially novel. this type of investment, I feel like because if it's people in in the neighborhood or people that are going to use. The, the business as like their place to hang out they're going to want to be there with their friends too so I think it makes a lot of sense what um what's the plan of action for for the dinner are you for the fireworks and like um, what's what's song happening? and dance you know yeah. happening the concept itself is is casual and fun and that's how I want the tasting to be as well um I'm gonna have a lot of pan pizzas lined up um we're gonna the square bar that should I be mentioning the name? Yeah, okay. yeah Square sure. Bar. Shout it out. Sure. That's, we have a name, and so. <laughs> it has amazing branding. I am loving the pizza box that we just got. So Square Bar will also have some old-school console video games available for free play at the bar. Um, old NES, Super NES, Nintendo 64, that kind of stuff. So I also want to set up a bit of a gaming environment. Maybe we'll do a Tetris Smart. tournament. Oh, Something Tetris like that. tournament. I like um, it. Got some nice wines picked out. Um, another thing that we will offer is always a rotating frozen cocktail, possibly two. So um, we're going to keep the cocktails really simple, classic cocktails only, and then a rotating selection of frozen. Okay. Um, so I'll probably blend up a frozen drink, even though it's going to be 22 degrees outside. And, <laughs> it's always and warm when you're inside playing video games. It doesn't matter. You're setting the vibe. Right. Yeah. And, and we want to keep it casual, and I, I want it to represent what, uh, what the space will be. 
is there is there a moment where you're going to actually go through parts of the business plan, the idea concept, or is it simply like a meet and greet, get to know who you are? We've had some um, back and forth communication already where we've got to, um, outside of just the pitch deck, I was able to send on the, the long form financials to them. So we were able to um, speak about some of this in advance. So this seems like it's going to be a bit more of a enjoy the evening and, and oh. um, you know, let enjoy the food and, and, and we'll knock things out as they come up, but there's no agenda. There's right. no like formal pitch presentation. Right. You sort of, everybody's been seated with the whole deck and you've gotten that out of the way. Yes. Cool. So is the plan at the end of the night to be like who's in, who's out, or do you have like a hard sell <laughs> moment? You know what? What's your what's your thought there? Well, I I'm going to also send them home with pizzas to go Smart, because I, I think yeah. uh, one of the advantages of the product too is that it's a uh, it's it's a great delivery pizza. I mean, you know, not all pizza will hold up to delivery as well, and I want them to yeah. have some takeout pizza to heat up the next day to keep it fresh in their mind. Yeah. But um, no, I'm not going to call anyone out at the moment. I just want to let it. Um, you know, I'm, I I feel strong about the direct contact that I have, so right. I definitely am going to just let it let it unfold and then. So you feel like your main investor or your your wrangler essentially is sort of going to guide and. He's been very helpful, and I do think that 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 he's he's been visiting spaces with me cool. um, already. We've seen a half a dozen spaces in the last month, okay. so, um, so he's, he's already involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's um, it, it's it certainly feels uh, it's it's certainly a confidence builder to have someone like that on your side that's experienced. For sure. sure. And is this so? If you get over this hump, you'll be two thirds funded. You'll be able to start actually getting a space. Are you, do you plan? Do you have other people that you're already lining up second investor dinners for? Like, what happens if this doesn't go well? What happens if it does go well? So if this goes as well as possible, I won't need a second investment dinner. I Yay. do feel like that I have worked my network as hard as I can. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I do I have people from my first wave, let's say, that were like, oh, I have someone who might be interested, but let me know when you get to this point. I sure. think people, you know, money comes in waves sure. and people love to invest when other people are investing. So I am hoping I have a, three very strong contacts that I'm hoping if this goes well, I may not need another one after this, but if I do, I, I do feel strongly that, um, I've got enough momentum to, to make it happen. Is there a, a cap number that you set for the amount that you'll take in exchange for equity or is, Yes, I, I set and, it from the beginning. And will that deteriorate if you need, you know, you start at 50 grand ahead and you don't quite get all the way, will you drop that number if you need to? Absolutely. I, I, I left myself room okay. to work with, with in case I needed to sweeten a Can you share what your way. number started with? Um, I person? am selling, I'm sorry, my minimum investment or yeah, my- Yeah, your minimum investment. Uh, it's just under 21,500. Okay. Um, there are times when if I could go back, I may have lowered that a little bit. There's interesting, there's, really. There's ups and downs to it because the more investment, the more paperwork, the more pre-opening legal fees, the more right. liquor license application, uh, the more detail. yeah, liquor license application we had. Yeah. Sure, but sure. I also think maybe I, maybe I missed out on some momentum from people that would have been comfortable for going in for a half. Did you share. get feedback where people were like, "I would give you 15, sure. but 21 is a little too much." Sure, but so would you go back and revisit them and say, "Hey, come in with your friend and split the share"? Or not really. It's it tough when, when again, if you, if you're already Still not, I've had a married yeah. couple come in for a share, yeah, and, and it's much easier from a legal standpoint to, yeah. uh, you know, to, to facilitate that. But what are some of the legal, you know, what are some of the legal ramifications of having more investors? More investors, at least from a standpoint of, I tried to um, preemptively organize the operating agreement to where it wouldn't get messy if I had two dozen investors um, based on decision making. There's very clearly outlined parameters of how major decisions will be made sure. and 
class A and class B and things like that. But um, outside of the legalese part of it, I guess it, it adds up more pre-opening than anything else. It's just more subscription agreements to prepare, more um, lic- more backgrounds for more liquor background license applications. Yeah. It sure. just adds up to on your own it's legal fees. yeah. Right. So it just takes more out of your pre-opening budget um, in general. Are you investing any of your own money? I am not investing any of my own money, but my wife made a direct investment. Okay. So... That's Thanks almost, for the vote of confidence. Yeah, it's a wife, vote of yeah. confidence. <laughs> yeah, for it's sure. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, how do your investors see that? That I guess if you, I guess you sort of are, your family's investing. So yes, you yes. are showing that you're investing in the concept. I, personally, yes, I've had more than a, a more than several immediate family members invest directly. Right. So it did. Um, it does show. It does show that you've got real skin in the game sure i fall into the um you know you've worked in restaurants your whole life you didn't really start making money <laughs> until uh um, if you if we all had no the money to invest, yeah. we wouldn't open the restaurant I, yeah. it's, it's true i mean it's that's extremely common in the industry is like hey i've been waking, making a restaurant salary sure. i can't invest what are you talking right. about but right. right um that's where sweat equity comes in 100 yeah. percent. and i and i think it's been um you know it's been a, it's been good so far it's been uh it's been a learning experience i mean i've just learning what it feels like to have to to ask for money like that right. in that sense is um, humbling, and it's as it starts coming in. Also, it's it's just makes you feel overwhelmed. Like wow, pe- like people believe in yeah. you. Yeah, any like hum- like any epic fails yet or yeah, I was gonna say sort of to the same vein. Any like questions from investors that stumped you, and you're like, damn, I really should have known that. I really lost that guy on this one. I I have not. I don't want to say I haven't been stumped because every time yeah. I have a conversation, including today, I'll go back and think. <laughs> oh man, you know that's not the way I really wanted to um, to convey that information. Right. But um, I haven't hit any any hurdles to where I was I was embarrassed or I was like, oh, I, I really lost it here. I yeah. Mean, right. You know, it's those things that like I don't. I try not to live and die by every conversation, and then. You know, for every time I pitched someone, I certainly yeah. was able to take notes of on myself and to say, "Hey, you know, you you need you need to improve here when you give when you present this, or you need to own this part of the business a bit more." Right. So you know, you learn those things as as the project evolves and and comes to fruition. Sure. Give us a rough percentage of how many people you've pitched versus how many have invested. Oh, <laughs> I mean, if we count the the mass email to direct. To direct contacts, I didn't, I didn't. Are you pitching it like you you pitch the hostess on the way in? Are you pitching <laughs> everyone that you meet about this concept? Or I am not pitching everyone <laughs> that I meet. I I don't. I I think if maybe if I was kick, like on the Kickstarter and I felt right. like people could, you know, just pitching everyone you meet when you know you're asking for north of twenty one thousand dollars right. is uh, you know but you never know who somebody you, knows, right? Like, you don't. You don't That's know. True. I, I am don't so, know who anybody knows. I'm certainly not shy about talking about the uh, <laughs> the concept. Yeah. Um. And I've and I've met people that way i haven't i haven't right. received an, you know i've certainly got to sit down with people that way who have just been interested after hearing about it but right. um i'm sorry where do we start with that no just after how many, how many people have you oh, have you like to get truly Shannon, pitched you, to you 200 order? or i mean face-to-face pitched now face-to-face pitched maybe two dozen Oh, that's not too bad. That's no, but but considering but, that you're halfway there. But it no, right. But electronically, it takes a lot to get twenty four face to face. And that was all. Eighteen of those twenty four were through direct, you know, friends and family. Right. So I was, I would have been almost more offended if I didn't get to sit down. <laughs> but My dad uh, won't talk to me. Sure, <laughs> sure. But I mean, the the percentage is is low. I can I, I think at the end of the day, by the time I raise the money, it'll probably be 
five percent of the people I talk to, and I would say I probably got lucky at five percent right. of the yeah. people that I talk right. to. And electronically, so, how many people have you emailed in order to get those twenty-four meetings? Pushing a hundred. Pushing a hundred. Yeah. That's actually Still that's a pretty that good. Yeah, twenty-five percent. Got a good network. To you. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, we know. Yes, feels amazing. How does no feel when someone, or do people just ghost? How does it work? I had a couple of people ghost yeah. um, along the way when kind of like when, when things get serious, people, you have a lot of people things show interest. Things get serious, people ghost. It's not disappointing. <laughs> right. It's like in every kind of relationship. Right. It, it, when it comes commitment time, Sometimes it's easier like, just to walk away. <laughs> um, you know, it, again, you, I don't know. It's not, you know, it's not personal. Right. You know, when the no's, no's are better than ghosting. Yeah. Because That's true. you certainly don't have to keep that and in any the back kind of, of your mind. Is, should I approach ghost. it again? Yeah. Should I not? People give you valuable feedback that you take on to the next pitch. I've, I've of certainly why they're not investing. It's too much. I'm not. Oh sure, I'm I've not certainly pizza. received. Like, I don't know. I've certainly received value. I'm free. Yeah. Like I'm not eating your pizza. <laughs> you know, you know how restaurant investments are too. Yeah. A lot of people want the ability. It also is location, and, and, sure. and you know, you certainly meet people that invest in restaurants, but if they live in Gramercy and don't want to come to, you know, Prospect Heights or Fort Greene, or, sure. you know, you have to find the right people that want that want to invest for those reasons also. So, sure. um, but the no's, I, they don't bother me. I, I expect them. I, sure. I certainly, so I'm just ready for them to come, and and um, not in a negative way, but in, you just have to, it's a lot, it's a lot of the process is no. Has anybody surprised you? Yes. I mean, both ways. I thought I would get things <laughs> from some people that didn't come through, and I got, I got from some places that you had no I had no expectations. So both so you ways. you just never know. You never know, and you also don't count any of your chickens, for sure. I knew that going in, and I still let myself do it mentally a little bit. So. Right. Sure. It's so hard not to. I mean, Oh, yeah, yeah. of course. Because you, 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 you know how much you're putting into your idea, so you, you just you have to remember that you can't just transfer that to people. I mean, you can certainly right. pitch, but they're, they're not living with it every day. So I think in that vein that it's really smart that you're waiting for your 75% mark to start spending. Yeah. It's, it's hard not to say, Oh, I'm sure dad's going to give me 50 grand. Like sure. he, he totally will. I know he can afford it. You, you don't know you until don't the know. check comes over and until everybody feels good about it or no. Yeah. Don't yeah. count your chickens. We're excited to uh, hear about how the, the dinner goes. We wish you the best of luck. Cool. I'm rooting you. for you and your two thirds tipping point, and it's, it's all just so exciting. And I can see the passion in your eyes. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it, it definitely feels real every day a little bit more than than uh, than before. Yeah, always. Cool. So we'll cool. catch up in a couple weeks Thanks and so hear all how it went. Okay, so that was our first conversation with Brandon on January 14th. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back live with Brandon to hear how all went down. This episode is brought to you by Bento Box. Bento Box empowers restaurants to own their presence, profits, and relationships directly through their own website, BentoBox provides full-service website design, digitally accessible solutions, SEO best practices, and best-in-class support. Plus, you can increase profits both in and out of your restaurant with online ordering, catering, gift cards, and events. BentoBox is trusted and loved by over 5,000 restaurants worldwide, including Union Square Hospitality Group, Island Creek Oyster Bar, Luke's Lobster, Craigie on Main, Shybird, Oya, and many more. With Bento Box, you can get every restaurant website feature you need and more, all in one place. 
Opening Soon listeners get 50% off their new website setup fee at getbento.com slash opening soon. That is G-E-T-B-E-N-T-O dot com slash opening soon. Okay, so we're here with Brandon. So we're dying to know, how did the dinner go? It didn't go. What? <laughs> Come on. So we are rescheduled for February 15th. One of the attendees, um, his wife was having a baby earlier than expected. And that earlier. Well, well it's everything exciting, Everything is everything is solid. Yeah. Everything went well, okay, but it uh, had to be scheduled for the weekend that we were supposed to do it. So um, we tried to make it happen before that. It didn't work out for everybody. So February 15th, we're going to give it another go. So, bummer. Sorry yeah, to hear that but, is a bummer. Um, but yeah, I guess it's like birth of your first child, uh, Trump's investor dinner. Supersedes, for sure. You yeah. may They may be reconsidering where the money's going, but oh. we'll see if that, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Kids are expensive, we know from experience. So what has changed in the interim? Have you like reached out to other people to see if they want to come to this dinner? I have not. So um, I'm trying to keep this one also based on <clears throat> excuse me some good advice that I got, because I did think maybe, hey, it'll be a great idea to load this first one up with as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. I was actually told, hey, for your first one, it's good, like anything, you need repetition. You need, if, you, if you don't deliver your pitch as well the first time as you would like to, take that into consideration. Don't, don't go all out for it at once. So I'm hoping that this is going to end up happening in a couple of stages, but I've lucky enough to have been working with someone who's been advising me who's, who's, uh, that's, that was some good advice that I got. Yeah, so like basically don't go too big because if you, you only get one chance with these people in the room. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's, I have confidence in the, in the pitch, but you know, you definitely, when you're pitching it for the first time, just like anything, you're working out material essentially. Yeah. You, you, you need to figure out what works and what doesn't as you're, um, as you're selling it. Right. How do you, um, what do you do in the interim? You know, while you're essentially waiting and how do you, you know, stay motivated that, you know, you're going to hit it on the next time and that it's going to happen in four weeks now as we're going to now we're going to have the dinner again. And you sort of like pick yourself back up and get ready to, to sort of get excited about this dinner one more time. It's definitely emotional peaks and valleys throughout the whole process from even from the start of writing the business plan, because it's all a new undertaking when you especially for me this is my first solo venture so when you're doing it the first time um, you know everything feels new and so you you hit that almost every task you take on is oh I can't do this and then you do it and then you move to the next task so yeah. I think in the interim um, you know I, I've, I've keep making pizza over and over again <laughs> um, which I my wife is just tired of eating pizza at home right now but um, and, um, you know, I'm actively viewing spaces. Um, I saw five spaces last week with a, with a broker that I've been working with. So keeping an eye out for the right space, although I can't quite pull the trigger yet. Sure. Um, you know, getting a letter of intent going with a landlord if I find the space and things like that also show these potential investors that, um, you know, you're ready to move. So but this you, is a very good reason of why you don't sign that space until you've got to that certain mark to where you can actually start building and and, and such. If you had if you had had a, a space, and your investor dinner that's going to be your next fifty percent or your next twenty five percent, whatever it is, gets pushed back a month, then you just threw ten grand or whatever your rent is in the garbage. I mean, that's a big chunk of money that a new restaurateur of any size, really, I think, can hardly handle. Mm-hmm. No. 
Well, absolutely. When I started writing my, my long form business plan, which I actually have so far ended up sharing with nobody because nobody <laughs> wants to see those anymore, but it was an important exercise for me. If anybody wants to see Brandon's long form, <laughs> yeah, please, I'll email it. wants out. to show it to someone desperately. It's 27 please. pages. <laughs> You're welcome to see. Um, so I think that it was uh, just important for me to, one of the things I wrote down when I go back and look at it was that undercapitalization is what kills a new restaurant venture and my more more than anything you need that runway you need the flexibility to to get ahead of these inevitable problems that that are going to come from a new new business and so there are times i found the space that i liked back in november the only money that i had raised at that time would have been enough money to put a deposit on that place but it would have been a terrible decision right. to take it now that space is gone and that's just one of those things that you have to it was available for a year it's gone now it's a great space yeah tell me how so you have some investors already yes right um i'm sure you gave them some guesstimate of a timeline to to getting open if it takes you a year, which it very possibly could, to raise the remainder of the money or the the next step of money to get to you know start building, how do you ensure that those people are not going to say you know this is too long, I, I, I'm I'm not going to be able to give you that money anymore, or do you already have it? Do you have to return it? Are there certain things you put in the contract with them? Tell me a little bit about that. So in the operating agreement and in the subscription agreement, um, we put a clause in that if I didn't raise the money by a certain date which was, um, and the money being two thirds of the total raise, where it's right. just when I could start spending, which was, um, sometime towards the end of this year, towards the end of 2020, okay. then investors who would like their money returned could have their money returned. Okay. So I did put in, I gave myself say 12 months to, to get it done. So they actually wrote you a check. You have it in an escrow account or something yes. like that. Okay. I opened a business account that, that I hold it in essentially escrow, but okay. you know, paperwork keeps me from spending it at cool. this time. So, and so basically, and tell our listeners just so they understand the timeline, you started raising money when? I got my first check, I want to say right at the end of October, beginning of November. Um, but that was when I was really just pitching, just working with friends and family. Um, so that's yeah, when the first check still came only in. six months in. That's not, not bad even at all. like four. Yeah. 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 So yeah. that's. Really three. I mean, I, I just it's just the beginning of February. I think right. I got my first check right at the end of October. I made oh, my yeah. first deposit. Oh, yeah, so sure. no, I, I think that was important for me to realize was that I wasn't. There's so many times when you're in this process that you feel like you're behind. Right. You're behind where you're supposed to be. But if you really, you're only comparing it to some abstract. There's there's really no. It's just you and you're grinding at your own goal at your own right. and and as long as you keep pushing forward, you know I believe that that it will come. You just have to keep putting it out there. It's also interesting that you have the money in your account. I, I don't know why I would have just assumed that you took a commitment from somebody and then once a certain goal was met, you went back and actually collected funds from everybody. So that's a good thing for people to, to know that that's to be expected. I think it would be much harder if you only had the commitment to then at the end, now you got to go back to these 20 people and like actually get them to sign a check and who knows what's going to happen when that goes down. Right? Ab so. Absolutely. I was, I was advised to... Take every check as soon as you get a commitment. <laughs> yeah. you take take the check. Show you don't, me the money. Take the if, money. If you do not yeah. can't show it on your balance, then you do not you have do not the have investment. It. So you true. have to get it in the bank. Yeah, sure. and it also is a big mental hurdle when you can start putting the money in the bank. I think as well. It really it feels you know it it's feels real. satisfying. Right. Yeah. It's real. It's real. So in the people who have already committed, are you giving them like what's the kind of update status since you're still in this like active fundraising portion? Um, people are patient with it right now. No, I th I have. 
people invested who are realistic on the timeline and the expectations. So I, I actually right now I, I don't really owe anyone an update at this point. There, everyone is letting me, you know, go through the process. I, there are I, I do say converse with these people times when I'm looking for advice or things like that based on their experience. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I just uh, am able to you know continue operating and continue plugging away at it. Right. It's it's funny because it, you know no matter you're eager and you may not have a job you may need the money <laughs> you may need to be ready to get to work and you're like dying for that but no one else cares i don't think that you you need a paycheck or you need to start this business right away it's just not you know somebody has a baby of course that's much more important so like investor dinner see you in a month like no big deal for them but like for you it's it's, it's tough and i think that's something people should be aware of and, and conscious of when they're getting into it yeah how are you like mentally handling that like those setbacks and working to just stay positive you know, I, I I think like life can throw you so many curveballs, and you know I've I've been through things before that to be honest, like this is starting a business isn't easy. But if it's what you want to do, neither is like going to a job every day that you don't sure. care about. So at the end of the day, you know my wife is very supportive, um, and it's you know I never really think about it as a setback. It's like to be honest, it's it's disappointing. I was disappointed when the tasting got pushed back. Very sure. disappointed, but you just have to assume it's part of the process. And once, you know, I really try to not look backwards with it. I'm in the process and I feel pretty good about, I I know it will move forward because that's the only way I'm moving with it. And the ball's in my court at the end of the day, I feel like. It's one of my favorite quotes is hindsight's 2020. You just got to look forward. Yeah, you have to. Anything now that you have a little extra time to prepare that you're going to like beef up this this investor dinner with any anything else that you're gonna any stops you're gonna be able to pull out now that you've got a few more weeks well the bar itself we're, we're always gonna have a rotation of uh of frozen cocktails maybe two two at a time just right something about that has always appealed to me i love how they do it at the commodore i love i can go in there and get a get a pina colada and it's not ironic in any way right so um i'm gonna bring in a, a frozen drink machine for the tasting All as right. well i, I have a, a good friend who who works uh with uh calvin slush and so uh She's going to help me out Sweet. with that. What's the, awesome. Do you know what the drink's going to be? Can you give us a little I only, teaser? I, I'm thinking um, some sort of a whiskey ginger okay, and possibly a Negroni. But right. I'm also oh, going to... You're going to do two. So now you can do two I've got a, frozen I'm, I'm bringing in a dual double. machine. I'm bringing in a dual right. machine. Yeah, she's being very generous. <laughs> awesome. That's super fun. Have any of the people, like you said, you go to them for advice and, and things like the investors, have they been looking at spaces with you? And I, I do. I do have one, one specific person who is also um, spearheading this tasting for me in the sense of... Once I got out of my direct contacts, which he was one of my direct contacts, um, you know, you need other people's. You're not. I never expected to raise the entirety of the money from the people that I could put the pitch deck in front of. So you're always meeting people who, if they're into it and want to move forward with you, they also want to bring people on that they like. So that's kind of how it works. It kind of happens organically, you know, from there. We talked about a little bit, I think, in the first conversation, the Wrangler that was going to be at the dinner and he was bringing five other people. Yes. So he's been going around seeing spaces with you. Yes. So tell us, since we've got some time, dinner is on hold. We will hear certainly back about how that goes and we'll we'll put that information into a, a future episode with, with someone else. But tell us a little bit about the spaces that you're seeing and how they fit in the plan and and what makes them different. Have you seen one that like if you got the money on uh, February 15th that you would immediately take the opportunity or are they still just not quite right? 
Um, I had a space that the first space I ever saw, I fell in love with. This was two months ago. I couldn't do anything with it yet. It's gone. That one's gone. Um, but, but you know, it was, it was there now. Do you know? Uh, I just saw that someone had posted that, uh, they were, you know, the community board meeting and the intention to, um, keep your eyes on it. Yeah, I know. You never know if it won't go through. So I will go back and look, but, um, in general, um, you know, in the beginning, I had my mindset on a very specific neighborhood, and I think that's a good thing because you need to know where your concepts will work. But you also are are um, really limiting yourself to what's out there. And so, you know, with the help of a broker and and um, this guy, this advisor who I've been working with, um, you know, they've really opened my mind to seeing as many spaces as you can in any neighborhood that you might be interested in because you never know what block you're going to walk onto. You never know sure. how you're going to feel about a space when you walk in or how great of a deal it's going to be. Um, and even if it's not what you envisioned in the beginning, it may work, it may be a great fit for your concept. So um, we've really expanded our search. Um, still in the same area of Brooklyn. But um, we've, we've just opened it up a little bit. How many spaces have you seen so far? Probably about 12, 15. 12, Not 15. a ton. I also, you know, last week I saw five in a day. Yeah. And 15 the, that you've actually done walkthroughs yes. and not just something you saw on the side. No, no, no. Yeah, 12, 12, 12 to 15 spaces that I've been through with the broker and the, uh, the landlord or the their broker. I mean, I think you're still pretty, I remember just from our first, um, our first episode ever with the guys from Butler's, they saw a hundred spaces before they landed on one. I'll never forget that number. I was like, that is so <laughs> many spaces. That's a lot of time. But That's a lot of time. When you're, yeah, when every penny matters and when you're very serious about how, um, how your business is going to look and obviously, you know, who your customer base is, then it's worth it. What about, so you have this investor dinner coming up now on the 15th and what are you like best case scenario? You'll be how much funded after that dinner? Completely. Completely. <laughs> best case scenario. Do you think yeah. that, that is that a real possibility or you think um, you'll just get over the hump or. I, you know, I think the, through the process I have learned to not set, I, I set way too many expectations in the beginning that didn't come to fruition just because that's our natural instinct is to like sure. do that. And so there were people, I think we may have talked about this last time, but there were people that I was 100% sure were going yeah. to invest that I might, might as well not be in my life. They just right. almost ghost when they see right. it. Right. you, Dad. Right. <laughs> and then there are people who um, who came, came through that I had no idea had the means or the interest. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't want to set that expectation because I don't want to be I don't want to be disappointed if it doesn't happen mm-hmm. yet. I just know that um, infrastructure wise, when it does happen, I'll be ready to go. I've, yeah. I've been my, my Google Drive is already flooded with order sheets, prep list, deep cleaning, <laughs> daily deep cleaning checklist. Wow, like, you got your deep clean checklist. Yeah. That's and I'll, modif- I'll modify it for, for whatever for, I'm, space. Yeah. I'm ready to go when it's time to go. So. so what do you have any like are you still actively pitching people besides the investors that you have lined up? Or are you? So that's another lesson that I learned after. During the holidays, you kind of lose some momentum because people, from a financial standpoint, especially, you just kind of shut it. Kind of shuts down sure. a little bit. And while the uh, the other advisor who's kind of helping me put this first dinner together, while while he's been fantastically helpful, I haven't been planting new seeds outside of that. Which I started again, let's say, as of last week. Um, but that was something I kind of learned too: was that you can't let that, don't let that momentum stop because right. you're only going to you're only going to going to reap the benefits of what you go out and plant and I and I did slow down on that but so I'm you're, moving along again. So you're moving along again. Did you so you I mean you talked about last time, you know, that you reached out to like your network, your extended network, like where are you digging deeper now? 
that's where it gets the toughest. Yeah. You are relying on people that were maybe in your peripheral network that you're relying on their contacts. Now you're relying on people that are personally interested in the idea of them bringing in more interested people. I also, um, part of the whole goal of opening this restaurant and ideally opening a restaurant group is to bring on sweat equity partners. Um, you know, as things expand and I'm, there's someone specifically who I'm talking to now who I want to come in, take a piece of the business and run a certain aspect of it. Um, and when those things happen, then you get access to their network as well. Sure. And, um, at the end of the day, Keeping the, the greatest amount of equity for yourself in your first business is probably not the best long-term move if you would like to move, to, to move along in the sense of you have to ask yourself what 10% is really worth when you're trying to just establish yourself as a, as a capable operator. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a tough balance to strike there because it's um, obviously having 100% of a business you never get off the ground is not going to do you much good. But having you know fifty percent of a successful business, if they can bring that in, I think in restaurants it gets tricky because the margin is so slim that if you go in with four partners and everybody's you know the, the chances of all four of you guys taking or, or gals or whoever taking a, a you know a sal a good salary and then also ever taking dividends, I think is is tough, right? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think so too. I think it just depends on what the business plan is, right? So if, if it's only going to be a single unit establishment, then you, you know, I, you obviously want to keep more equity, but if you are planning a restaurant group, which it sounds like Brandon's nodding his head, yes, like, you know, then it, it's true. You want to be able to scale and you probably need more partners to scale. Sure. Absolutely. I don't think there's, I mean, very few restaurants are, are making owners wealthy off their one location. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and yeah, there are true. those that do, right. I'm sure. Gramercy Tavern is still sure. cashing checks every day, but right. you know, after yeah. you know, you have to, um, you have to to take into consideration what you need in order to become to to, to earn the to get the financial reward anyway. You'll need more than one. Sure. Yeah. Did you put that into your original? But I forget if it was in your original pitch deck because it's been a while. Yeah, you I did. Your head, I, so you did put in that you want. Yeah. The last page of the pitch deck, we just just touched on um, um, future plans. Oh, I see. So the but the partner idea is a new one. In order to try and no, increase your network, the so the the um, partner idea has been in since my boring long long term okay. long form business plan. Okay, but it, increasing or, or expanding upon my network wasn't a benefit that I also realized would come with that until I really got into fundraising. I wasn't gotcha. thinking. I didn't. I didn't want to bring on a partner because of their network. I wanted to bring on a partner because I think you can just get more done with good talented people on your side. Right. Um, but now you you would say that you want both. I want both. Yeah. Sure, of course. Yeah, you need exposure. So you change your, your your opinion of who that partner, who the best partner might be, right? At the I end mean, of the day, the day to day skills for are twenty years, and chances are good that you probably have a very similar network. Is it your you know your significant other? They probably again have the same network. Well, I wouldn't say don't work with your significant other. Obviously, we do. But um, if you're looking for that as an asset, then you have to probably look somewhere else or somebody that has. So how, how are you doing that? How are you looking for somebody that has a completely different network yet you're going to want to work with? You know, even if you even if you are pursuing someone who you've worked together before and you do share some of the same contacts, everyone's network in this business, once you really get into especially say you go through your, your own LinkedIn, which I know a lot of people just click yes to everything, but you <laughs> then you, you can start filtering out who you really know. Yeah. And I think everyone becomes surprised by 
how many people you do actually know or that you've met over the years and like maybe that respect at your work or that that you know that you could at least reconnect with and and even someone again that, that you've worked with in the past they've got so many people I think people just don't realize how vast their networks are especially when you've been in the business for a while until you really sit down and make that your goal to take a look at. So sure. did the partner that you have tapped for sweat equity to help you operationalize the business, has, has he started going or he or she started going out to their network to try to fundraise for this yet? Or have Not you yet. Them yet? So, that, so are we, you do have somebody that's, I, I am, I am courting somebody at the okay. moment that, um, things, things look good. Um, cool. it's like dating. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's a long-term decision for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so, it's, it is also one of the things that I realized this was completely conceptualized by me. So as important as it is in my mind all the time, this was my, you know, my, my chance to put out a vanity, my, my vanity restaurant. So you do have to take that into consideration also. And, and, you know, people coming on board, you're asking someone to get on board with your enthusiasm. So you want to make sure that you're bringing in the right person with a good long-term mindset. And with your concept, are you willing to change or alter the concept in any way with that person coming on or... No. no, I'm not willing to change the vision for the place because that's what that's what's gotten got me here in the first place sure. in the sense of raising the money that I have. And I don't think it would be fair to um, the people that have already invested because right. we had, um, you know, I'm always willing to to bend and be flexible to make things more functional operationally. But as far as the vision goes, um, you got to stay the course. Right. So to our listeners out there, if you want to meet Brandon Bird and potentially, I guess you have somebody in mind, but you never know. It's always good to meet new people. Yeah. Anybody. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm always happy to meet with people who have been in the business for a while. Does that person's, um, does that person's sweat equity change depending on how much of investment they bring to the table? How do you motivate them to say, raise 40% of your business if they're only taking a 5% cut of the the pie. So I'm not, I wouldn't put a contingency. If I bring on someone for a partner, it's because it's operational, operationally focused. And then the organic connections that come out of their network would be what I would be looking for. I certainly wouldn't task someone with doing something that I've barely been able to do so so far. I I wouldn't want that sort of contingency on there. It would be more of a uh, structured sweat equity to where, and again, I would let my attorney who's much smarter than me, um, (laughs) <laughs> um, handle this, but um, it would be structured to where after a certain amount of time, most likely when um, outside investment was completely paid back and a certain amount of years had been met, it would flip to you know equity. Gotcha. Um, but again, I'll let the attorneys uh, put together that for me because I have yeah. no idea what I'm talking about. Well, that's why we have attorneys, Absolutely. and that's why you have attorneys' fees in your business plan, right? All right. Well, I think we're getting tight on time here. Yeah, we're excited to hear. Um, how the dinner goes obviously yeah. and we're rooting for you 100 percent. and um we expect updates and we'll give updates in a future episode and for sure i know it's going to come back and say it went swimmingly I so, really we'll, so yeah <laughs> I and do. while we're talking yeah. about attorneys david Helbron is as great as everyone says he is so i gotta shout him out while yes. i'm here yes. and if you need advice go talk to him agree second that go talk to david cool all right we always like to reserve this little portion for um restaurant announcements for opening soon so eventually you'll be listed here but anybody anybody come to mind anybody you want to shout I, out i don't i don't have anything that is uh close enough to to say yet cool um we have the durham food hall is opening in durham north carolina it's like the first big food hall down there and we did some uniforms for them so we're excited to see them get off the ground they've been working on this concept since 
June of 2018. So it's it's been a, it's been a minute. So there's there's a lot of good stuff happening there. So if you're in that area, check it out. Cool. Did we can we mention Laser Wolf? Is that too? No. Oh yeah, Laser Wolf is <laughs> should be <laughs> it's a great as I just said it on <laughs> as you say it on air. Laser Wolf. Say it so that no one would know. Yeah. The, the, the mics are on now. That's <laughs> um, Laser Wolf, <clears throat> who's Mike Solomonov's newest restaurant, is also opening in um, D.C., I believe, this week or next week. So check – D.C., Philadelphia. What's wrong with me? Is opening in Philly next this week or next week. So check that out if you're yeah. in the Philadelphia area. And we'll be chatting with Mike later in the season about uh, – About Laser Wolf. The yeah. final steps of getting open. So stay yeah. tuned for that one. Um, special thanks again, Brandon, for being here and for uh, – sharing your story with us and telling people the ins and outs and the ups and downs of fundraising. I know that uh, everyone that's going to open a restaurant is at some point going to go through um, that sort of stressful, exciting, dramatic thing that you just have to do to get money to start your business. It's definitely uh, the grossest part. Hang in there. <laughs> hang in there. We'll put a we'll put a wrap up of today's show, and uh, like I said, we'll put an update when it when it comes um, on our blog on our website. It's tilletnyc.com, and then we'll also send it out via email. So make sure that you're on our email list. Um, Brandon, I know that you have some. Serious thoughts about social networks, but is there anywhere that we can find you when the time is right? So I did snag the Insta handle for the business already, just to be safe out there. It's Square Bar BK. I don't have any fantastic content to bring you consistently yet, but be on the lookout, and um, we will be posting. But give them a follow, no and then follow. you'll know when it opens. Yeah. Um, if you enjoyed the episode today, then make sure that you tune in on the 18th. We'll be chatting about lease negotiations with Arjav and Tracy at Sakil in Austin, Texas. Um, we're also going to be in Philly for the Philly Chefs Conference this uh, this year. So we're super excited. We'll be doing a live taping there. And we're looking for anyone that is in the midst of opening a restaurant and wants to chat with us in front of a live audience and then on Heritage Radio. So if you are or if you know somebody or if you have a friend or whatever, then give us a holler uh, at We Are Opening Soon. You can DM us. Um, or you can email us at info at tilletnyc.com. Make sure you follow the journey of uh, Opening Soon OS3 on Heritage Radio. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere else you get your podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at WeAreOpeningSoon and at TillitNYC. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. Good luck, bud. Opening soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.